What's up? This is Brandon London, and you're listening to the Big Blue UK and Ireland podcast. You hear that? The Big Blue UK and Ireland podcast. Let's go, Giants. Welcome back, Giants fans, to the latest edition of the Big Blue UK and Ireland podcast. This week, we are 100% British, but absolutely still 100% Giants. Kev's not with us this week, but we will be magically making an appearance later on. Uh, plus, we're not streaming live this week, um, but I'm back from my week away to join Shane and producer Craig to bring you the latest Giant news in what has been another busy week of free agency. Uh, plus, we'll be bringing you the headline act of this week's podcast. As announced last week on our socials, we had the absolute pleasure of welcoming 2018 Pro Bowler and current Giants long snapper Casey Crichton for a chat about his thoughts on 2022 and lots more as well. So stay tuned for that with a special appearance from the Irish contingent of this show. Guys, how you doing? Yeah, not too bad. Um, he said it's been a, a couple of small additions in free agency that we're probably going to be talking about shortly, just kind of buffing out the the roster more than anything else. And, you know, kind of, we, we, we're just on the verge of entering April now, which can only mean one thing, draft season's going to really be ramping up, um, not just for for this show, but like for Giants News in general, I'm sure. Yeah, it's only uh, a few weeks away, isn't it? And uh, it's fast approaching. Uh, I don't think a day goes past where we don't have a, at least a few mock drafts in our little group chat. And I think we're we're almost ready now, aren't we? Yeah, I think we're, uh, our, our minds change every day with what, where we're going in, in round one. Um, I'm still on the sort of corner, you know, that sort of way. But I think that's probably going to change tomorrow. There we go. But that's the beauty, that's the beauty of it, isn't it? Yeah, four weeks to go till the draft. Um, you know, it's it's one of those times of the year we all look forward to, and uh, you know, as this year is no other, we can't wait. Um, so yeah, roll on the draft. But there's a lot more coming up over the next few weeks, which we'll bring you live here on the podcast. Uh, just want to say a huge thanks to you, Craig, for stepping in to host last week. Uh, you did a great job, mate. Uh, even with some tech issues, so yeah, great job all round, lads. Well done. Yeah, thanks, man. No problem, buddy. Um, on to this week, uh, we're going to start off with the latest news. Um, last Thursday saw a flurry of activity as the Giants continue to ensure that depth, um, the depth issues that we had last season, uh, hopefully are a one-off. Uh, we've added three new players, Jameson Crowder. Um, I'm probably going to absolutely butcher this name, but Amani... Um, uh, uh, yeah, no, Amani. We'll go with we'll go with Amani. Um, and I'll get her to um, yourself, Dan. Oh, Ruaria, that's his name. Say again. Say again. Oh, Ruaria. Oh, Ruaria. Oh, Ruaria. Oh, I'll just say that. Say that all as one. I'll call it Amani. It's fine. And uh, Tommy Sweeney as well. So yeah, three new players we've added. Um, in this last week. Um, so firstly, the Giants signed ex-Bills, Jets and Commanders receiver uh, Jameson Crowder. He's got 100 regular season appearances in the seven seasons he's played so far. Career numbers of 415 receptions, just shy of 5,000 yards and 28 touchdowns, which 
not too bad. Not you know, pretty good numbers. Um, he's also a pretty hard and special teamer, having returned ninety five punts for seven hundred and seventy seven yards and a touchdown, and that touchdown went for eighty five yards. So it'd be nice to get some, uh, get some, you know success in the punt return game for once uh, a broken ankle that required surgery to insert a plate saw him only appear four times last season for the bills um and he was targeting a late december return that never came um he signed a one-year 1.3 million dollar contract with a paltry sum of 27 and a half thousand dollars guaranteed uh, with a 100k per game roster bonus which you know you play in all games that's a 1.7 million dollar bonus right win-win um and the cap hit for him is at one million dollars uh, apart from experience what can crowder bring to the team lads a lot a lot i mean he he's i wouldn't say he's a splash signing in his career and obviously he's coming off an injury which is why he's been given the uh the vet minimum which keith seems to think that we love so much cheeky little vet minimum so um I think I think it's not just the experience, but it's that special teams experience that's really going to stand him out from the pack. Um, that's something that we missed, and with Richie James gone, I think he could potentially just take that little role there. Yeah, I think he's um, I think he's a, I think he's a bit of an insurance policy. In all honesty, I think it's a case of we've got someone that. Not just experiencing knowing the league, but experiencing having worked with Coach Dable previously. Um, but I think he's a bit of an insurance policy, kind of, we'll see what we get in the draft. And then it's going to be a case of see where the injured players that are coming back are at. I've seen, I've seen some reports saying one Dale's hoping to be good to go for week one. Or I think that might be a little bit too optimistic. And I won't be surprised if he doesn't see the field until October at best. So, you know, I kind of think the creator sign is an insurance policy for what we do in the draft, if we can get that wide receiver, if we can get, you know, that that type of receiver that we, we're specifically looking for, whatever that might be, that Joe Shane wants, but also insurance policy that if players aren't back from injury, we've got we've got a guy that knows um what what, what he needs to do in the league basically. Yeah. Like I said, he brings a lot to the team, but experience is definitely one of those things that is invaluable really, especially with our receiving core that's all very young and and very green. So, yeah, I think I, I like the pickup of Crowder. Um, I liked him as a as a player when he played in uh, New York at the Jets. Uh, I thought he did. A, I thought he had a, a pretty good time at the Jets, and uh, looking forward to seeing what he can do in blue. So, yeah, he's 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 come to the right side of New York. Put it that way. Um, next up, um, your boy Shane, um, <laughs> Amani. I can't. I just can't say his name. Apologies. Um, God, it's entertainment uh, value. <laughs> oh, Oruwari. Oh, Oruwari. Yeah. That like enough Oruwari. Yeah. Amani. Yeah. Cool. Amani. There you go. Your boy. Amani. You'll just call him O. Yeah. Fifth round selection out of Penn State by Detroit in 2019 appeared in 53 games making 36 starts during his four years there. Uh, originally seen by the Lions as their number one corner, he had a rough end to the 2021 season, 
and last year saw him drop from CB1 to CB2, and then he was benched due to a mixture of lacklustre play and also penalty issues as well. His 10 penalties last season was tied for the most among corners in the league. Another one-year deal, this one, $1.2,552,500 guaranteed uh, with a $75,000 per game roster bonus. $1.1 against the cap. Shane, another Penn State alum joins Big Blue. What sort of cornerback are we getting out of Amani? In all honesty, it depends what version of Amani you're going to get. Um, his rookie season, he was he was he was like pretty pretty damn good for a rookie. Uh, played like the kind of player that I thought he would. You know, he went in the fifth round, which I thought you know he was in and around where you'd expect him to go. He, he was a he was a day three player. Round four was kind of where I had him penciled in. Um, but you know, he had a, he had a pretty good rookie season. Then he dropped off slightly. Then he bounced back pretty decent in 2022. Um, uh, 2021, sorry. And then in 2022, just gone. He was absolutely atrocious. He had a 31.3 coverage grade. Um, but, you know, it depends what that's what, it depends what version of Amani you're going to get. You know, if we get the rookie season or the 2021 version, uh, 2021, he was leading the NFL in interceptions with six before he then suffered a thumb injury. So he's a player that kind of, not not a ball hawk, I'm, I'm not going to call him, but he's a player who knows how to get up and get that ball. But, you know, I'm kind of hoping he had an off year last year because, like, let's face it, Jeff Akuda, who the Lions drafted a few years ago, number three overall, hasn't really panned out. So I'm hoping it's a little bit more down to scheme and coaching. Um, and, you know, we, we know what a great DC wink is. And, um, you know, we've all spoke before about how good Jerome Henderson is as well as a DB coach. So I'm hoping he can elevate his... Um, play and sort of bring bring him back to what he was the previous years as opposed to last year. Yeah, nice. I mean, the fact that he's had some success in the league is a, is a good sign. Um, obviously, the 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 penalty issues from last year aren't aren't great, but he's had some some positive signs, and I think there's a there's a real opportunity for him to show what he's what he's made of and what he can do to. To the, the coaches and to Wink and to and to Coach Dable as well, and hopefully he can uh, fight make you know fight to make a, a place on this uh, on this roster. And then uh, finally, we signed uh, Tommy Sweeney, bulking out the tight end room. Um, we've obviously come from the the Buffalo Bills. Where else do players come from nowadays? Um, <laughs> selected back in 2019, uh, whilst a certain Shane and Dable were at Buffalo. Uh, he's played in 24 games with four starts, recording 18 receptions for 165 yards and a score. Um, whilst he's um, mainly he's, he's remained injury free, um, he did miss the entire 2020 season after a, a mandated checkup revealed that he had a heart condition um, in myocarditis. It's still being monitored, but he's played 17 games since. So it's obviously not too much of an issue for him. Um, another one-year deal. Um, have the terms been released yet? Do we know? I haven't seen any for him. No. I'm sure that will come fairly soon over the next few days. Um, is he purely depth or do you think he can fight for a spot on the 53? Um, I don't really know. I think I think it's depth. Um, and I, th I think it's depth by familiarity. Uh, you know, Shane and, and Dave's know what we've got. Um, let's be honest, tight end, the tight end room wasn't bad last year with Bellinger, but outside of that, it wasn't ideal. 
And we've now got Darren Waller. And it wouldn't surprise me if we take a tight end at some point during the draft. So I think it will really depend on how high we take a draft prospect and how they compare against Sweeney in camp. But uh, he's going to be on the fringes straight away uh, and will probably face an uphill battle. Yeah, I think at the end of the day, probably practice squad, right? Yeah, I mean, it depends if the Giants plan on carrying four tight ends this season. Obviously, we've got Walla, Bellinger, Lawrence Cage, who I thought, you know, flashed at times last year and kind of showed he's got something. And now we've got Sweeney. Um, I've got to be honest, I don't see us drafting a tight end this year. Now, in all honesty, unless it's like kind of with one of the seventh round picks we've got or sixth round and the value just happens to be there. Um, but, you know, I was impressed with Cager at times and, you know, Sweeney's more of a run-blocking tight end. Um, so, you know, it could be a nice compliment to Bellinger if Bellinger goes down for any reason or misses any time. Yeah, fair point. Um, yeah, obviously now with the pick-up of Waller, I think, yeah, signing a tight end through the... Well, picking a tight end through the draft is unlikely um, with the fact we obviously took Bellinger last year, but... Who knows? Um, remains to be seen, and uh, you know, hopefully, uh, Tommy Sweeney can add something to the tight end room that we that is missing. You know, we'll see. We shall see. Anyway, moving on to the main event, uh, we've been supporting and promoting the Long Snapping Lifestyles Best NFL Long Snapper Award over the past few weeks, and uh, we've helped to get current Giants Long Snapper Casey Cryer all the way to the championship game. Uh, where he comes up against the Jags long snapper in Ross Matisic, I think that's his name. Um, and we've managed to bag an interview with the man himself, um, Casey Cryer. Here he is. In a big blue UK and Ireland first, 2018 Pro Bowl and current, current Giants long snapper, Casey Cryer joins us this evening. Casey, welcome to the pod. Thanks so much for taking the time out to chat with us. How are you doing, man? I'm doing well. Uh, it's, uh, it's an honour to be here. It's uh, it's absolutely our pleasure to have you here, man. It's uh, as I said, a, a big Blue Can Island first, the first player to join the podcast, and in, in the two years that we've been going, so it's a, it's a real honour to have you got have you on, man. Uh, yeah, I've 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 been over to the UK once, and it was when uh, when we played there last year. So you know, I think it's a it's a year it's a year and season for first as we head into the the twenty twenty what twenty twenty three season. Absolutely, it's a year for first, and we were all there in uh, in Tottenham watching watching a game and uh, celebrating at the end of it. So yeah, it was a is a is a good weekend for us. I only have one regret one regret from that game, and uh, you know it was an incredible experience. And I they were showing some of the people that were there, and um, I forget his, his 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 actual name, but John Snow was there, and I'm like a huge Game of Thrones nerd. Um, <laughs> He was sitting behind us, and he, his buddy was a Packers fan, and I wanted so badly to go get some Giants gear and give it to him and just call him the king of the north and just be like, dude, here, take some Giants gear. You're you're the true king of the north to me. But I that didn't do been, it. I wish I would have. That would have been so sweet. You would have been the king of the north then in blue. I know. And and I hear I heard, uh, I heard JRM is a Giants fan too. So, listen, if, if he's a fan of the podcast and he's listening, I'm – I'm patiently waiting for that next book. I can't wait for it to come out. <laughs> no, we're all, I think we're all looking forward to that. But yeah, um, John Snow, man, we need to make him a Giants fan. That's that's that's. A... <laughs> I was a little disappointed that his buddy had the Packers stuff on. Um, he was he didn't have any any team's gear on, so who knows? Maybe he was a a Giants fan, but it looked like he was having a blast. And that that experience was unreal. Like 
that stadium was so much fun to play in. Yeah, it was, uh, maybe it's uh, maybe he's impressionable, and we can uh, make an impression on him and and get him around to our way of thinking in blue. But yeah, it was a great weekend, man. It was, um, I mean, anything, we, everything we can ask for and more, really. And the fact that the Giants got the win, it's it made it even sweeter. So now, as the uh, as the UK's and Ireland's only Giants podcast, it's our pleasure for the first player to join us to have heritage on these shores. Uh, thanks to your dad, Kurt, for pointing that out. Um, and as our resident Irishman, I'm going to hand over to Kev to snap some questions your way. So, Kev, over to you, man. Yeah, welcome welcome aboard, Casey. Like, really loving the fact that you've come on. Um, just wanted to know, to begin with, why did you decide to go to Iowa? And, and what was the recruiting process like for you? What was your favourite part of it? Yeah, so I wasn't highly recruited really at all. Um, obviously, I grew up in Eastern Iowa. Um, I played linebacker, tight end, and then my dad taught me how to long snap in the backyard. So when I was a sophomore, I did all kinds of sports. I wrestled, um, ran track and field, I played baseball. When I was a sophomore, it was like my dad, who was my head coach at the time, said, hey, what do you want to do with sports, if anything? Um, he was a Division three football player and wrestler, and at the time I said, I'd like to play football. I think that's my passion. I want to do it. So we put a lot of focus into kind of when the summer came around, it was football camps, wrestling camps, and then baseball when I could get to it. So recruiting ramped up for that. Um, and it was a lot of D3 schools and the Iowa schools. So when it came down to it, I had walk-on offers from Iowa State and Iowa. And at the time, the other the – other, um, in-state kind of Division One AA school was you and I. You and I had told me I wasn't good enough to play for them. Iowa State was kind of going through a lot of coaching changes, and historically, and, and even in the and since I've graduated, I was the the Big Ten premier college school. So that was the best opportunity for me to become a, a great football player. Um, and they were going to let me play linebacker also and long snap. So it was kind of an easy choice. Honestly, like it was the only option I had if I wanted to go Division One, um, and you know everything happens for a reason. I'm I'm, I'm super thankful for my time there. Um, Kirk Ferentz, um, Chris Doyle was my strength coach. Uh, those two shaped me into you know the the football player and man I am today. Oh, fantastic! And um, so, if you could tell us one important lesson that you learned from your time at uh, Iowa, what would that be? For me, it was accountability. Um, and then that comes from the coaching staff from top to bottom, the support staff at Iowa. Um, and then really my parents, like I, I, I went through a huge transition period where I played linebacker. They moved me to defensive line after my first year. Um, I was still long snapping, but I, I quickly realized I wasn't going to play defensive line in the Big Ten. I just I wasn't big enough. I wasn't strong enough. Um, I could hold my own like maybe by my, by my fifth year, I'd be like a rotational guy. But I saw value in getting on the field early at long snapping. So I asked, could I just go there full time? I wasn't even on the depth chart at the time. Like it was, yeah, sure, go for it. You still have to play scout team. So at the time, it, I knew I had to put the work in, and that's what they told me. Um, and I got lucky that it worked out. I had people to guide me in the right direction. Um, and it was trial by fire that my second year, my redshirt freshman year, last game of the season, we were in Minnesota. Our long snapper got knocked out. And um, I didn't think I was going to play. Like I said, I wasn't even on the depth chart. I was traveling because I was playing hard on scout team, and that was kind of part of the accountability stuff. Like, you work hard for us, we'll throw you a bone, come travel with us. 
I, I honestly, Kirk Ferentz said in his post-game interview, like, we didn't think this kid could play. We didn't think he could do it. But when, when it came time, my name got called, and luckily I performed well um, and kind of took off from there. It was, it was trial by fire for sure. Oh, fantastic. Oh, apologies, I'm on mute. No, you're good. <laughs> but um, see, what was the most important lesson you learned from college in terms of your football experience? Yeah, I think that um, you can't ever let up. Like these guys, these guys, especially at the college level, um, you can get away with some things. I think if you're not, you know, on top of everything, there, there's a big gap between the best guys on the roster and maybe the bottom parts of the roster in college. Um, but when you get to the NFL, there, there's, there's no room for error, n not even a little bit. I mean, the margin between the number one and the number 53 or 63 is, is very, very slim. Um, and luckily we had pretty competitive practices at Iowa. So, you know, you learned how to manage your routine. Um, University of Iowa runs their program a lot like an NFL team. So when it, when I got to the NFL, there wasn't a whole lot of surprises between, you know, the organizational side of it, like how things work, how your day works, um, you know, how to manage lifting and film study and practice and recovery. So that's probably the, the biggest benefit I had at the University of Iowa. It really made me pro ready. Um, now, obviously, it took me three years to get into the NFL. So I still had some learning to do skill wise. I needed a little luck to get in. And I think I think luckily, again, Iowa trained me for that. So I, I, they really set everyone up for if, and it's like a, it's a, it's a badge of honor for us former Hawkeyes. If you make it through five or four years of that program, um, you've done something special, and, and former players recognize that. And you kind of get a little, you get a little credibility with former players because it is hard to make it, it really anywhere as a student athlete. It's not the easiest thing in the world, um, but like I said, it, it, it prepared me for the actual real world more than more than just football um, a long career so far like you have done again you can sort of wear that as a bit of a badge of honor to say like you were set up ready to go and you carried that over into the pros and and you're only you know there's no sign you're going anywhere anytime soon really so yeah you can wear that sort of longevity as about another badge of honor i suppose as well, can't you? yeah that's the that's the plan um yeah i just signed my eighth one year year contract um you know, eight years into this thing and really going in on to 10, it's 10 or 11 when you include the two camps I did down in Dallas. Um, you know, it, it seems like it's a long time, but I, I have a good support system. Um, I try to stay humble and you just see the ins and outs of the business. Like you, you never take, you can't take it for granted. The second you take it for granted, it's going to be gone. Um, and I think that's important. I know when I, it's crazy to say now, but when I finally got my shot, I wasn't really satisfied with one, two, you know, three years in the NFL. My number for me was always seven. Like if I could get to seven credited seasons and at some point I can tell someone I was a seven-year NFL vet, like that was going to be a number I could be proud of. I don't know why it was seven. And now that – and I always said if I get to seven and I can still do it, I'm pushing for double digits. So kind of the next the next internal push for for me is to be a 10-year a ten 10-year vet, 10-year pro, which – it's crazy to think, man. I, I it gives me goosebumps thinking about it, honestly, because like uh, I'm just some kid from Iowa that that got got a shot and and works really hard at it. So, 
but you you that's the thing you work hard at it it's not something you sort of you do take for granted so it's it's fully deserved man that you, you've got to where you are because you put the hard work in so you know full credit to you mate i appreciate that thank you all right so we're going to talk last season um obviously it was your like you said your seventh one year contract in the league but obviously it was a huge improvement for us as uh, as giants fans and as, as a team in general um on recent years but what we want to know is if you could change one thing about last season what would it be and why oh for me it's it's, it's an easy one it's the first pat of the year in tennessee like nice. people forget that and i don't know if people forget i won't forget it ever um but that was the second time in my entire nfl not even nfl my entire long snapping career that something like that's happened um and you know, I was dealing with a little bit of some adversity. Uh, Carter Coughlin, a good good friend of mine and, and a, a real good teammate, he was doing the smart thing, going to punch out the football on one of the punt returns, and he ended up punching me right in one of my hands. So uh, we were we were snapping with one hand for most of that game, um, but that's that, that's not an excuse because you you saw later I could I executed the field goal snap perfectly fine, but that's one of those moments you wish it never happens. You hope it never happens in your career. Um, and it happened in the game, which is even – it's twice as bad. You, you hope if that happens, it happens in practice and you can make the adjustments and corrections. So that that's that's the one thing I wish – and that's a selfish thing to say, obviously. Um, but I, I think that, you know, like I said earlier, everything happens for a reason. I think that for me personally, it gave me a sense of kind of pride, of professional pride like it. You could I've seen I've seen it happen to other players. Something like that happens. That's a one off and it snowballs into something that can continue to happen. So looking back, I hate that it happened. I think in the long run, it's something that I can use and, and, and kind of springboard me into being becoming an even better player. Yeah, right. Because, I mean, we all know sort of mistakes happen and things like that, you know, but the fact that you use it to your advantage and the thing you don't want it to happen again. And, you know, it. As as fans, it was kind of, yeah, it, it was wasn't a, wasn't the best of snaps, but at the same time, you know, all all, all end up good at the end of the game because we won the game, right? And that's uh, that that was the best thing. I remember when it happened. I bet that was relief, right? Uh, yeah, and and I was so fortunate to have a great great coaches and great teammates around me. Uh, almost the leaders on that team came up, put their arm around me right after, say, "Hey, we got you. Don't worry about it." Like. I think everyone was shocked. I remember I remember talking to some people later, like later in the year, and someone would joke about it. Like we would joke about it with a specialist and people would be like, what are you guys even talking about? Like people didn't even remember it happened. Like for me though, I, I obviously still remember it. I remember what that felt like. I don't ever want that to happen again. Um, but just this the support system around you. Like it, it's easy in the NFL to, to just rely on what you've done in the past and get complacent. I always try to to keep a chip on my shoulder and try to like not settle, right? And then that that's something that happens and, and kind of wakes you up a little bit. And you can get a little nervous. And I just remember the the, the following week, you, you just you're not really sure what how how coaches and teammates and every, everyone's going to handle it. Um, and I remember I read Thomas McGahey, T Max, kind of next week press conference. Someone a, a reporter asked him about it, and he had my back one million percent. It was like, listen, guys, I've never seen it happen in practice. Like it, it, it was a fluke. It had just happened. Um, and, and 
that's what it ended up being. Thank goodness, because I, I, I went right back to work and, and try to get, get back after it. So it didn't happen. Um, but as a player, having that type of support from a coach just makes it so much easier to play for, you know, you, you can play loose, you can play free. And even Dave said something, uh, during practice the next week, we, we he made sure we got through that next field goal period without any mistakes. And as I was running by, he, he just kind of let me know like, Hey, you don't get any more of those, right? Like that, that's kind of the last one. And I said, I said, Dave's, that was one too many. Trust me. I get it. <laughs> yeah. One's enough, right? One's enough. Yeah. So exactly. that, the fact that you got that support behind you as well, it, it, you know, you could quite easily, like you said, let that snowball and, you know, go from one bad snap into two, into another, into another one. And before you know it, you're off the team and, you know, God forbid, but the fact that you got that support network behind you, it, sh it shows that, you know, you're still on the team and at the end of the day you missed a consistency when it comes to comes to snapping the ball because that that's the only single mistake we were we i can think of that has, has come from you in the time you've been with the team so you know you missed there's, a consistency. there's been a there's been a few there's been a few other ones close ones but the cool thing about being a specialist is we all try to help each other out we try to bail each other out you know on field goals jamie's there to to help correct things if things go wrong um you know, and, and even Graham, Graham's there. If, if Jamie and I have a little slip up, Graham's there. If he makes the kick, like you guys were saying, we won the game. So it's kind of just goes by the wayside. Yeah. Um, that, that's, that's the sign that you have a good group of specialists, good core, core specialists around you is that we pick each other up, whether yeah. it's after a mistake or after a big kick, keeping each other in check. Um, I think, I think that's, that's the, that's the cool part about continuing to play with the same people year in and year out as specialists. Yeah, you get to know each other. So, right, we briefly touched on you coming over here in October for the game against the Packers, but what really stood out for you for you from that weekend, apart from realizing Jon Snow is in the crowd? Yeah, and I remember his name is Kit Harrington. Kit, listen, <laughs> I know your name. If you see this, I know your name, um, but I just like to think of you as Jon Snow. Right. So um, the, the two things that I think stood out to me bef before the game was easily like everyone said – Go try and get out, go explore, kind of do something. I didn't go down into downtown London. I stayed up where, wherever we were at, but there were a couple small towns around us. Um, and I love food. Like when, when my wife and I travel, we love to go experience wherever we're at, that type of food. So like I'm in England, I have to get fish and chips, right? So we went and found some fish and chip spots. And I wish I remember the name of the place. It was like this hole in the wall spot. It was like you were, you were, crammed into this place but they had a couple fryers and i forget who i was with he said uh can i get fish and, and he called them fries and they 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 dang near kicked us out <laughs> um but we got fish and chips and they had curry sauce which i had never heard of and i wasn't so sure but they're like you have to try it try it um and it was out of this world it was phenomenal like so fish and chips that was a that's i'll, I'll remember that for a while um and then in terms of the game the coolest part was like the crowd was was awesome to play around because they had so much energy. But it, I've been playing football my whole life, American football my whole life, right? So it was comical at times to hear what the crowd was cheering about and what they were getting upset about. Because <laughs> it was you could just tell like they don't completely under like in Europe they don't completely understand the American football game. And at times like they would play songs, right? And you guys in in the UK just go bananas for some of these songs. Sweet and it Caroline, was wild. Right? Yes, Sweet Caroline was fantastic. And I love it, right? I, I was eating it up. Um, 
But there's been games in my career here in the States where certain places like Kansas City is one of them. They get into the national anthem like they see when you're standing on the field and, and they sing our national anthem. There's something about it like that moment for me since I've been in college when the national anthem hits, everything else goes away. It's what I will focus on is what I'm doing, snapping, trying to help us win a football game. But when when they sang God Save the King, um, I was like a goosebumps, like goosebumps. That was a really cool moment because it was the first time I'd experienced that in a different country. Um, the only other exposure I had was I, when I was in Denver, there was a rugby league match, and it was England versus New Zealand. And it, there wasn't very many fans. It was a bunch of Americans. But when the All Blacks did the haka, you could get a sense of that national pride they had. And yeah. when we were in the UK, you got a sense of the pride that the UK has in their country based on that national anthem alone. Yeah, man. I mean, it's it's part of our identity. It's part of our, you know, who we are is, is, is the anthem. And it's, and it was, it was weird because obviously not long before that Queen Elizabeth passed away. So the, the national anthem had changed from God save the queen to God save the king. So mm -hmm. we're all still sort of getting used to singing the word king rather than queen. Um, but no, I love that you, uh, that you enjoyed that part of the experience, but that way, man, it was so cool. And then I made sure I got some, um, some notes, from the UK with the queen still on them. Like just because that was something that was relevant and happened at the time. Um, and I just felt like that was something that I'll be able to look back and remember. It'll remind me of that trip, but also um, like she was a legend. She, she was queen for a very long time through a lot of ups and downs and across the globe. And that was something that I was like, I, sh I should probably get, get some, some English notes for that. Yeah, for sure. I think I think that's the first time I've ever heard Queen Elizabeth referred to as a legend. But I'll take it. I'll take it. <laughs> see, I don't know. Time. Listen, listen. That, that's your guys' realm. There's nothing. <laughs> there's nothing more you can put to that apart from she was legendary. Um, so the togetherness that was shown by the locker room last season sort of was a breath of fresh air, um, considering the sort of perceived vibe from the season before. But what's the biggest change you've seen since uh, Joe Shane and Coach Dave have come in? Uh, this was a big question, kind of leading into the season for us that it had been been there with Joe Judge and 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 Mr. Gettleman. And I, I told this before the season, I told people, I said, there's a different vibe in the locker room. And at the time, I always preface, I always concluded with just because it's a different feeling doesn't mean it's a better feeling. That just right now I can tell you it's different, right? There's there's a good energy, there's a good buzz. Guys were guys were hanging out together. Um you know, and I've, I've, I've been through a lot of coaching changes. My time in Denver, I had three head coaches. My time in my going on to my fourth year in New York, I've had two head coaches. So I've seen change since I got into the NFL. And like I said, different doesn't mean good. The only thing that's going to mean that this is better is winning football games. And you could see we, we started winning games. We started winning tough games. We won games in a lot of different ways, um, which was a great feeling. And I think I think the biggest change is that guys are able to be themselves, but we're we're held to a standard, and when that standard isn't upheld, you get let they let you know, and it's not confrontational. It doesn't mean they don't like you. It's just there's a way that Dave's and Joe Shane want to run things, and they got a good plan, and you're either on board or you're not. And I think that's important in any business. Um, and to be successful at anything. So I think that was the biggest, the biggest like 
not change, but I think we as a team, we understood that. And it's funny now seeing comments coming from some of the meetings the league's having right now. Like, for me, I understand that it's hard to win in this league. So everything we did last year is awesome. It's great. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have fond memories of that season. But we're two and a half weeks away from starting the next one. And just because we had success last year doesn't mean we're going to have success this year. The plan may be pretty similar, and the, the fundamentals are the same, but it's back to work here in two and a half weeks. Yeah, man, you still got to work hard at it, right? Yeah, success comes from hard work, right? You, you take a breath. It, it, it's funny. You, you talk to veterans in the locker room who've done this a long time, and you, you try to you try to let the young players know this on a day-to-day basis once training camp hits. Like, you play this game long enough, you're going to get got, but you're also going to get get guys. Like, they get paid money too. Coaches get paid money to scheme scheme rushes, scheme you know blocks, scheme defenses, offenses. Um, it's just all about the process. Stay in the process, have a good process, and just put the work in it that you can be proud of, and that's really all you can do. Yeah, for sure. Shane, you got a question. Yeah, um, loving the answer you've been giving so far, but if we look at more specifically in your role in regards to lung slap, snapping, obviously it's one of the most specialised roles on, on an American football team. So how do you stay focused and mentally prepare for each snap, especially in them like high-pressure scenarios where you could be snapping for a game-winning field goal, for instance? Yeah, I think for, yeah, me, I it's, think for me, it's 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 checking it it's down checking to... It down to- it doesn't matter if it's a game winner or if it's just a PAT. The 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 field goal snaps the same thing. It's eight yards. Um, weather conditions might change, but I've 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 probably snapped in realistically millions of footballs. So the you try not to let it's much like golf where you, you can't let the moment impact how you're playing because there's a lot of things to think about. Like you, you, you take the stress of the situation into practical applications of what I'm doing. Um, a lot of it's, you know, we play in, in New Jersey where we get wind at MetLife a lot. So the focus is like, how am, I, how am I adjusting to the wind patterns to do my job effectively? And if that changes from, hey, I, I remember I have to do this to get the result I want to, oh my gosh, this is a game winner. That's when mistakes happen. Um, and then week to week, the league's too competitive to, to, to just not think about your, your weekly process. Um, you know, we ran, we ran the gauntlet last year with special teams. When I think back every week we, and, and when I, I, I speak specifically really to punt, cause that's, that's my kind of area of expertise and what I focus on mostly. Um, but we, we were, we were playing teams that were rushing the heck out of us on punt every single week. Um, me personally, I love it. Like that's, that's the competitive fun part of my job. Um, but it, it was, it was, it was a lot of fun. Like you got to just take it week by week when you're in the NFL, you can't think too far ahead. So like after that England game, you know, you're flying back late, your schedule's all messed up and you look at who you got next and it's Baltimore. It's like, okay, well, these guys are really good on special teams. All right. And then Whoever we played next was like, all right, here's another superstar team on special teams. Like, all right, well. And then the next week you play another one. It's like, well, oh, my gosh, are we ever going to get to take a breath? And that's the NFL season. You never get to take a breath. If you're looking to take a breath and you take a breath, you're going to get beat. You're going to get exposed. And um, especially for a long snapper, like the second you give something up, 
you know you're going to get it three, four weeks in a row until you proved you you fixed it. And you mentioned obviously puntings, what you, you you're specialised on mainly, you focus it on. How do you build chemistry? Obviously, with Jamie and Graham, I mean, you see a lot of stuff on social media. You three look like you're pretty close with each other, which you naturally expect. But how do you develop that chemistry and working on the timing on the field? Well, they haven't fully accepted me yet because I haven't bought um, a plot of land in Scotland because <laughs> obviously Jamie's full Scottish and Graham was born there. Um, but I I'm going to get that done this offseason, I think, so they can really, you know, the they can take me in as as – I guess, landowner in Scotland. But fortunately, like I've known Graham for a long time. Just my, my very first game in the NFL with Denver was I played him on the opposite side. Um, he was in Carolina at the time. They had just played in the Super Bowl. So I met Graham literally my first NFL regular season game. Um, and then Jamie, I, I had a good relationship with his long snapper in Cleveland, Charlie Hewlett. So I knew about Jamie. Um, and those guys are they're, they're, they're such good teammates. They're easy to play with. Um, they make my job really easy. Um, and it, it's just putting in the time. So last off season, it was a lot of field goal work with us three, just because with a new operation, a new battery, um, there's little nuances that change that you just have to get comfortable with the guy. Um, it takes a little bit of time, a little bit of work. There's probably, there's a few bumps in the road, but we're all veterans. Um, it's just a matter of finding what it, what each person is comfortable with. And then just trying to replicate it over and over and over again. And then last question from me before I give Craig a chance to ask you some questions. Um, what do you think are some of the common misconceptions that people have about the lung snapping role or position? The the biggest one is uh, that the rules say that people cannot hit the long snapper, which is technically true, but it's not. It's also not true. The rules state that they can't line up head up the long snapper and that they can't – the rule says you can't just hit him in the head after he snaps it, which again, that, that happens every, every game. Like most, so most teams, when they're game planning for a for a punt rush, the weakest point of the protection is the long snapper because we're upside down. We're throwing a ball between our legs. We're literally on the line of scrimmage. Um, and now you have to block either maybe a 215, 220 pound DB who has insane speed you might block um, a linebacker or tight end who has good speed, great athleticism, or you might have to block an edge rusher or a defensive tackle who their job is to rush passers and pass rush offensive linemen, and they have a lot of different tools to use. So that's that's the biggest misconception because I, I would be willing to bet on any, in a, any NFL team, if you lined everybody up and said, who can long snap, there's probably 10 to 15 guys who can long snap where long snappers specialize, it's it's the next part of it. It's not only snapping a good football, but can you protect? Can you recognize scheme? Can you redirect and move your feet? Can you be physical enough to anchor against a defensive tackle? Um, I I feel terrible. I can't remember his name. Uh, Nacho, I think, the, the new defensive lineman we got from Tampa Bay. That dude is heavy. <laughs> we played them 2020 and 2021. And I remember I was kind of like on skates against them. And, you know, you, they, we get little pictures after each play. And I, I, and I usually have – I do a decent job against the bigger guys. Um, you know, I grew up wrestling, so kind of 
hand fighting and that stuff I'm, I'm comfortable doing, but I just remember I, I couldn't stop his charge and, I, and I'm wondering what, what in the heck going on? So I look at the picture and there's someone behind him. I'm like, Oh, they, they were double pushing. Then you go watch the actual tape. It's like, dude, no, this guy was just running me back and I was on skates. So I, I can't wait to meet him and talk to him. And I'm just going to be like one, like, I'm glad you're not over there anymore. <laughs> even though there's, there's every team has a guy that can do that. Um, but it's that's the that's the thing I laugh about when, especially when I hear people like in the media say it, like, "Well, the rules are they can't hit the long snapper." It's like, well, enemy like evidence number one: you don't watch the punt play and you don't watch punt rushers. <laughs> that's uh, that's great. I'm, I mean, Nacho looks like a character already, so we can't wait <laughs> to see what he's like. Him and Hadi combined is going to be something Listen, else. Hadi is he is. Man, he's he's a top five teammate I've ever had. Like, I love the guy. Like, they did the things throughout the year. Like, you walk off the field, and one of them said, "Like, who would you let babysit your kids, or who wouldn't you let?" And everyone said they wouldn't let Hottie babysit their kids. Hottie can babysit my kids any day of the week. Like, <laughs> if 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 you let him know you care and you mm -hmm. care about him, that dude is in your corner corner no matter what. Like, he is he is he is one of my favorite teammates of all time. Oh, awesome. Awesome. Right. So I've got more sort of generalized questions. So uh, back to some, maybe a controversial one to start off. Okay. Okay. You were a Pro Bowl player 2018 with the Broncos. Um, I don't know if you know this, but from outside the Pro Bowl selection and the game itself are pretty maligned from a fan perspective. From a player's perspective, what does it mean to you to be selected for something like that? So... I don't know if this is probably not really well known out there, but the the voting process has changed for long snappers since I went. When I went to the Pro Bowl, whatever whatever conference you were in, whoever was representing that team on special mm -hmm. teams picked their long snapper. So every other position at the time was voted on by fans, coaches, players. And then the long snapper got voted on once they figured out who the coaching staff was going to be. That coaching staff would then say, hey, we want X snapper to be the Pro Bowl snapper. So when I went, it was the Los Angeles Chargers um, coaching staff, which that was a really, really, really cool honor because it was the coaches saying, hey, we think you're the best snapper in our conference, which which was awesome. Um, and now it's, now it's like every other position. It's voted upon, which I think also holds a lot of merit um, just because it's your peers and coaches. Um, the fan side of it, that's a different story. We can we can talk about that some other time, um, especially for the long snapper. Uh, I have some thoughts, but um, <laughs> in all honesty, I left I left the Pro Bowl in 2018, and it was like that is that's one of the coolest experiences I've ever had. Like my parents came down um, at the time. We had my son who was he was two at the time. Um, my wife's parents came down, my sister and her fiance came down and like, we just, we just hung out for a week down in Florida at Disney. We got to go to universal. We did a, a little tour of Disney world, had a lot of fun. You play in the game. And I was, I got very unfortunate that the game I played in, it poured the entire game, like monsoon rain. It was cold. Nobody had cold gear. Really. Um, there was minimal rain gear. We were just drenched. Like no one wanted to be out on the field. So I probably left the game and I left the game saying the game probably needs to change mm -hmm. for everybody. Like, I don't think it's a good fan. I don't think the fans are having fun with it. The players are out there having fun, but 
again, anytime you put on shoulder pads and you're playing football, you put yourself at risk of injury. So I knew something needed to change, but I don't think it could ever completely go away because the, the, the fact that I can say I was a Pro Bowl long snapper is something I'll, I'll never forget. Like at the time, it was the highest honor in the NFL you could get really because there aren't any dedicated long snappers in the Hall of Fame. Um, since then, now there's an all-pro long snapper that gets voted on. So that's kind of like that. that's now the the top prize. If if the, To be the all-pro long snapper is something that I think is really, really special. Um, in the last couple of years, the guys that got voted it, I think I think they got it right for sure. Um, I mean, obviously, I wish I, I I think it should be me, um, but like I don't look at it and go, well, how how the heck that guy get it? Um, so uh, it was it's it, it's an honor, right? Like mm -hmm. I think I was I'm the only to date I'm the only long snapper from the Broncos who's ever been to a Pro Bowl. Like that's something I'll I'll carry with me forever. Like like didn't matter how that relationship ended with Denver, my name will be in the building and in the history books that forever kind of the next, the next, another personal goals. I don't know if there's ever been a long snapper who has been a pro bowler on the AFC and NFC side. So that's the goal get there and, and hopefully be the first one to do it on both sides. Well, obviously we're pushing your name as much as we can with the old March snap madness thing that's going on on Twitter, which Listen, um, that thing is, is crazy. I've never, I, they do it every year and I see it every year and I've never really, I don't think I've ever really posted anything about like wanting to win. And then I maybe this was the first year they matched up division opponents. And there's a bit of the big bloom he got got a little like, no, no, I can't lose to Washington, right? <laughs> and then you saw like the next round was either Dallas or Philly. It was like, no chance. So I just put it out there the first round in the commander's crew. They they came at us hot. Like that was a that went down to the wire. Mm -hmm. And then I knew if if we got to where if it was us in San Fran. I knew it was going to be tough because San Fran usually turns out for that little March snapness thing or whatever, they, whatever it's called. And uh, <laughs> that was wild. Like it, it, it kind of got a life of its own. Like I had people asking me about it that I didn't even know followed it. And I look at it, it's got like 16,000 votes and we ended up taking it 5149 or something. So it's been a lot of fun. It's been a, it's been a fun year for that. We um, obviously, we, as as all our followers know, we pushed it massively. Uh, LPGs pushed it massively. We've had loads of other sort of American-based podcasts with us as well. And uh, I mean, that was that was kind of how this kind of came about. Was your dad obviously posting <laughs> posting about your heritage on one of our comments about it? So um, it's been great fun from our perspective. And hopefully, by this time tomorrow or whenever it kicks off today, we'll. Uh, that's i, well, I hope you, so i hope you hope up against take it. the jags isn't it yeah like up against the jags and we know how that game that game last year went so it, it could it could be another barn burner um but yeah my my dad's my dad grew up obviously he was my head wrestling and football coach didn't believe in social media he didn't even own a cell phone he would just give other coaches and think and people my cell phone number so they would call me and ask for him and now he's on he's on social media he's on twitter he's kind of He's all over the place on it, which is which is cool. Um, but yeah, my my grandmother is pretty Irish, and like she's she's the one who will call me on St. Patrick's Day, and like if she'll ask if I'm wearing green, 
And if I'm not, <laughs> like, she would be the one who would legitimately, like, pinch you if you weren't wearing green. And not nicely and not playfully. It was like, <laughs> you better go home and put some green on. Um, so, it, yeah, it's it's been it's been a fun thing. And, and I think my dad's enjoyed kind of interacting with, with fans on Twitter. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so how do you train during the off-season to stay in peak long snapper physical condition <laughs> and how how does that sort of off-season training differ from potentially other positions i've always taken the stance I, I i try to train as as much as i can like everybody else um i don't think my position is is specialized enough where i need to train differently if that makes any sense um <laughs> you know like like the the physical nature the blocking part of my job i have to lift heavy. I have to, you know, I have to cover after I block. So I have to lift heavy. I have to run. I have to keep good physical shape. Um, and then I think the biggest thing is just staying on top of flexibility and then fine tuning the, the inner workings of the long snap. Um, you know, I've, I've reached, I've, I've worked with a, a guy who snapped in college. His name's Kyle Stelter the last couple of years, just kind of fine tuning technique and efficiency in the movements. Um, and that's something that's been really helpful to me. Um, like I said, my dad taught me how to do it in the backyard. I ran into a couple people who knew what they were talking about. Joel Hilgenberg snapped, the whole Hilgenberg snap family snapped in the NFL for a couple of years. So he was someone who helped me along, along the way. The snappers at Iowa previous to me, Andy Schultz and Danny Olsta, like we always joke if, if those two guys, like you're able to take their snapping DNA and, and make a hybrid, it would be me. So like, and, and I mean, like I have Andy Schultz's size and Danny Olsta's energy and kind of like a little bit of his spunk. So those two should have been in the NFL. Like if they switch places, they probably both would be in the NFL right now. Um, just the way that the things changed. But um, this guy helped me see the, how to be efficient in the long snap, right? Like there's certain positions you got to hit to create, max velocity, max speed, max efficiency in the snap. Um, so that's something that's been really helpful to me in the last uh, three or four years. Awesome. And then final one for me. Uh, so outside of football, you're on Twitch, streaming Minecraft, me mediocre Minecraft, I think it's, uh, it's what, yeah, that's, it's what, that's, that's what it. we've, we've labeled ourselves. <laughs> and then um, on Twitter recently, you mentioned about music from Madden and Tony Hawk's games. So obviously you're a big gamer. Is that your favorite way to unwind and spend off season, or do you have any anything else that you like doing? I think I think more than anything, the video games. I've always been. My uncle introduced me to video games on Super Nintendo. Um, I had to like, I had to beg my parents to get me a console at home, um, and they got me one. And my mom was was mostly okay with it. My dad was the one that was like, "Really, you're just gonna sit and play video games." You're, you're not gonna go, go do something and it's like well what do you want me to do like i get good grades i play you know sports all year round you know I, i'm not I'm, I'm decently successful at both like at the end of the day or, or when i get some free time i just like to play video games so for me the video games are the decompressor like when well, the, the season's stressful parenting is stressful um at the end of the day everyone's asleep i got i'm not ready for bed yet I'll probably jump on the computer, play some Minecraft. And it just kind of like, it, it resets me. Um, but apart from that, like when we lived in, in Denver, like we were hiking every other weekend. Um, when, when we lived in Iowa, we were fishing every other weekend. We were walking trails. We were 
doing all kinds of stuff. So being outdoors is something I, I love to do. And now we're in, um, we don't live down in the hustle bustle in Jersey. We live in North Jersey. So you get a little bit more trees. There's some, there's some nice trails out here to hike. Um, so we try to do that as much as we can, but yeah, the video game stuff streaming on Twitch has been a lot of fun because like I got to the point on Twitch where people were coming to watch me play Minecraft and they were shocked when they heard what I did. The people who knew that I was an NFL football player would bring it up during the stream. And then everyone else who had no clue was like, wait, what are you guys talking about? And then it was like this huge reveal, like, oh, by the way, yeah, I, I play in the National Football League, but I also like to stream Minecraft, um, <laughs> which, which everyone laughs at, um, especially in the locker room. Like, you play Minecraft, and then, like, there's usually five or six guys that are like, yo, Minecraft is dope. Like, I used to play <laughs> it when I was a kid. It's actually a lot of fun. And then they'll pick it up, and they'll start talking to me about it. And I kind of look, and I'm like, okay, who's the nerd now? Like, I've been doing this for years. You're just starting. Um, so it's always fun. It's it's fun. It's a fun talking point in the locker room for sure. Awesome. Cool. I'm going to hand back to Dan. Awesome. Nice one. But yeah, I suppose everyone has their own way of unwinding and, you know, video games. I love, you know, I love playing video games too. So it's cool. All right. So I'm going to fire some questions at you, like just quick fire little sort of one, two word answers. Uh, but before I do, there's a, we did um, get a question in from one of our listeners, Rob. Um, he wants to know how far you can snap a ball. Um, the yes. long, my longest long snap to date is about the 40 yard shank PAT snap in Tennessee. I snapped a eight yard field goal about 40 yards and it stayed in the air about five and a half of it. So <laughs> that's the funny answer. Um, the real answer is, is I don't ever really test it, I guess. Um, I think when I was in college, I think we would have fun and see who could snap it the furthest. But as I've gotten further and further in my career, I've, found that it's probably better just we snap the ball about 15 yards on punts and just try to perfect that as best as I can. Um, you want to be accurate, right? <laughs> you got to have the accuracy. And I think part of that is too, like I'm, I'm fairly competitive and I know that there's other snappers out there who could snap it probably further than me if we just had a long, like a little long snap competition. So I don't even waste my time trying to do it. It's like, listen, <laughs> you guys got it. Go for it. I'm going to try to be the best that I can be snapping at 15 yards. There you go. Cool. Thanks for answering that. Um, that's a quick fire question. So what's your go-to pre-game pre meal? Pre-game, I stick with uh, usually steak, some hash browns, and eggs. Can't go wrong with steak and eggs, man. No. Um, funniest teammate? Hottie, hands down. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, best stadium apart from MetLife? Or favorite stadium? It used to be the the old Oakland Coliseum, just a historic, crazy place to play. But I would say I haven't hit them all yet. Um, but Kansas City, Sea of Red, fun place to play, and pretty loud, right? Oh yeah. All right then. Uh, least favorite stadium? Mm. Miami. Miami. I, since since the heat. Since since college, I would say uh, we had an Orange Bowl game my freshman year. And I wasn't playing, but I was dressed and I tripped over my shoes and warm up fell flat on my face. And just usually once, once a game in Miami, something like that happens. So I'll go Miami. <laughs> and it's too hot as well, right? It's very hot. Yes. And the shade slowly creeps towards your sideline. So you think you're going to get shade. Never. No. You don't get shade there. <laughs> no. All right. 
Yeah, so no, I can't do the heat, man. Um, so for, out of the four jerseys, which one's your favorite? Home, road, color rush, or legacy? Mm. Probably the the blue one we wore this year. That's the legacy, I think. The legacy, yeah. Yeah, that thing's clean. I, I just recently got a bunch of the jerseys I've just accumulated framed, and that was the the Giants jersey I chose to get framed. Nice. It's a, it's definitely a favorite with all of us because I think we've probably all got one, haven't we? It's yeah. it's 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 pretty clean. It's nice, man. All right, so you're wearing a Yankees hat. Does that mean you're a Yankees fan? I grew up a Cubs fan. I watched them win a championship. Um, first game I took my kids, my son to was a Colorado Rockies game. Nice. So I have a little affinity for the Rockies. Um, and living out here for a couple of years, I figured I should probably get a New York hat to wear. And I don't, I don't love wearing Giants gear outside, like when I'm walking around. I think because I more or less just like don't want fans to ask me about the Giants because they, no one knows what I do, right? Like no one recognizes me on the street. It's only happened once in my career. I was at a coffee shop when I was in Denver. But like I, like I was wearing this here at the YMCA and someone was like, hey, Yankees got Anthony Volpe. I was like, I have no clue what you're talking about. Yeah, cool, yeah, nice. Sounds great. <laughs> I know who he is, but awesome. So this yeah. is kind of like a, I've always told myself I was going to buy into the market I was in and the, the professional teams. I never foresaw myself being out in New York, New Jersey, and there are a lot, right? Like there's two basketball teams. I don't really follow basketball. There's three hockey teams. There's a couple of baseball teams, you know, and this is iconic. Like the, the Yankees hat's iconic. So I would say that I'm probably growing to be more of a Yankees fan than a Mets fan, but the Mets closer has a killer in intro. So Nate Diaz, man, his intro is sweet, but he just yeah. got injured in the, uh, in the world baseball classic. There, didn't he? He did. He's, I, he's I, I, for the year. You never want to see injuries in sports. Especially when no. you've you've had them. Yeah, it's never nice. It's never nice. Um, so, would you say that's any other sort of favorite other sports teams you like to follow, or any other favorite sports in general? Oh man, I don't think so. I think I was fortunate growing up. I just like playing sports, so I don't have like a favorite that I grew up really liking. Um, Going back to the Pro Bowl question, like I, I just grew up a Bears fan because my dad and my uncle were Bears fans. If I had to choose a fandom, and I ended up in the elevator with Brian Urlacher that year and we ate breakfast together, it was like kind of full circle, kind of poetic justice. Like, holy cow, this is the life I'm living right now. Like, I grew up watching Hunter Hillenmeyer, Brian Urlacher, um, Lance Briggs, just that defense was disgusting back then. Um, had a lot of fun watching the, that team. That's cool, man. So, you're Career highlight to date? Oh, man. I made some pretty killer catches pregame with, with a lot of different punters and kickers that make me feel super athletic when no one is on the field. Um, <laughs> but we were playing in Washington. I forget what year it was. And in that game, I downed two punts inside the five. And one of them was like an acrobatic, like I caught it at the goal line and mm -hmm. tossed it behind me. I think that's something I'll, I'll always remember. Um, and then, like, the little tiny things no one will ever notice. Like, you spend all week game planning. I watch hours and hours of film of punt rush. And then you get on the field and you recognize a rush that they hadn't shown all year, but I saw it for maybe two or three years in the past. So it tips me off, like, okay, I think this is this rush. And it, it ends up being that rush that's schemed up to beat me. And just being able to pick that up and just have it being – 
the preparation part of it. Like no one will remember that play. No one will remember who I blocked, but um, I think those will. are, I will. Like that, that, that's the fun part. And like, I come off hype and people are looking at me crazy. Like, well, why is he so excited? Like, what, what the heck did he do? And then they'll ask me the next day. And I go like, I don't know if you've seen the meme of um, it's always sunny in Philadelphia. The guy's staring at the whiteboard. Like I like pull him into the room and I'm like, okay, look, pulling up clips from, you know, two, three years ago, this, I saw this and I knew it was this. And then I saw this. And most of the time they're like the Davis web. I did that to him all the time last year. Cause the specialist room and the quarterback room are side by side. He's kind of a football junkie anyway. So he started to enjoy it towards the end of the season, but I'm sure right away he's like, this long snapper is nuts. Like, who the heck is this guy? <laughs> That's cool, man. I like that your favorite highlight is something that not anyone will recognize or realize or anything like that. That's quite cool. Um, what's been your toughest moment as a pro? For me, um, I think it was my first year in 2016. This was probably two. In 2016, I got hurt 10 weeks in. I tore my calf. I got put on IR. That that was a really low moment for me because I, I had spent three years trying to make it. Was having a having some good success that year, and then got sidelined with an injury. And this can go by in a blink of an eye. And I thought that that this could be the end. You know, this could be the end of my football career. Um, and then I think just like the years of not having very many wins on teams. Like last year was the first year I finished a year on a team with a winning record. Um, like internally as a competitor, that's disappointing. Um, you try to do the best you can to help the team win, but as a long snapper, I can only do so much. So that 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 was a long time coming to finally be excited about the end of a season and, and kind of get into the playoffs. Playoffs is always a big thing, and you know, hopefully, it can continue this year. No question. Um, Last two questions. So what's on your Spotify playlist or your music playlist of your choice? Oh, I got it. I got it right here, actually, on the other screen. Um, <laughs> there's a lot of – there's some punk rock, nice. um, Tenacious D. I got uh, Zach Bryan. He's a country singer. And then I have this, like, secret little playlist I got that's all of the hip-hop and rap that we play throughout the years in the locker room and in the weight room and on game days. Um, I have it, like – in a playlist that I can play at home when I'm working out, but I have to get the edited versions obviously, because some of <laughs> some of the lyrics are pretty, pretty out there and the kids don't need to hear that. No, that's your, that's your hype playlist. That's cool. That's exactly. the workout playlist, but now a bit of tenacious D man. I love that. It's a bucket list concert for me going to, a ten and I, they're doing an international tour. They're going to be across the pond. It looks like this, this year. I was um I was lucky enough to be at the Download Festival a few years ago when they played and the sing along for tribute with like forty fifty thousand people one of the best things unbelievable wow. yeah man I I want to get to one so bad I think I actually just shouted them out on Twitter because they have like they have this T shirt that's very unsuspecting it's sold out now but when you like flip down the front pocket it has some um some tenacious D artwork on the inside. That's, that's probably <laughs> X rated, but you would never know unless you pulled the pocket down. I, I don't know where to get the shirt in my size. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to continue to look. I'm sure if you hunt for it, you'll find it somewhere. Um, and last question, uh, you got three dinner guests to join you. It could be anyone from any, any walk of life in history from present past who are your three dinner guests going to be. We actually had this conversation in the locker room. I forget who I said it, but it took me like a week 
to come up with my answers because <laughs> I really wanted to like diversify it. But um, I think I, I'll, I'll go because I, 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 this is like, this is a big moment. This could say a lot about me. So I'll go, how about I go um, like a type, like a profession. I would want the greatest at, at their sport, um, but I have to do some thinking. So whether it's Tiger, um, like I would say Dan Gable would be a no-brainer, the Olympic wrestler, but I, the, one of the former long snappers married his daughter. I've met him and talked to him a bunch. He's, he's awesome. Um, so someone the greatest at their sport, I would want to have like a world-renowned leader, a world leader, um, just to pick their brain on what, how they handled some things. Like Churchill comes to mind. That was a pretty big, big thing in the world. Um, and then someone that the general consensus was that they were a crazy person. They were polarizing and crazy. Um, I think if you got those those three people together and I could just sit and watch, it would be a an awesome dinner. <laughs> I mean, there'd be some inter interesting conversations. Oh, for sure. Like, I mean, you can, and maybe the third one's flexible too. Like maybe you go artist, like a famous artist, whether it's Michelangelo or um, Da Vinci. Nice. It's a lot to think about. Food for thought. For sure. I probably went way deeper with that than you thought I was going to go. <laughs> um, yeah, I thought we'd just roll three names off the bat and then drop them up. I like the fact that you've already had to think about it and it's taken you a week to think about it in the past. That's quite cool. I don't, oh, think, yeah. anyone, I don't think anyone else would put that much thought into it. <laughs> yeah, some, some of the conversations you have in the locker room, they're, they're probably a lot deeper and more meaningful than you, you would think they would get in a locker room. Yeah, I can quite imagine, especially you're just spending so much time with these guys um you know you know there's, there's going to be plenty of things you need to talk about and sometimes those conversations go quite deep for sure yeah man now we're not journalists or media professionals we're just diehard giants fans so to have you come on this evening to chat to us um it's been an absolute pleasure and at some point later in the year we'd love to have you back on to find out your thoughts going into camp and the lead up to the season um but thank you so much for joining us man we really really do appreciate your time well it was a, it was a pleasure um if i ever get over to the uk and ireland i will um i'll let you guys know and and we can go get a guinness or something 100 percent, man i mean kev's all about the guinness right 100 <laughs> percent. you know i have one waiting for you at the bar if i know anything <laughs> if i've learned anything from jamie is that you don't you don't say you're gonna go get a beer you say you're gonna go grab a guinness that seems to be like the proper terminology here gonna go get a guinness oh yeah man um and we're, hopefully we're gonna make it over to the states in in later on in the year for a game during the season so uh it'd be great to catch up with you then as well awesome well thank you guys so much i appreciate you you let me on and hopefully hopefully i uh entertained you at least a little bit oh you did yeah man for sure but yeah thanks so much man really appreciate your time yeah what a guy and what a privilege it was to chat to casey um just just a down-to-earth real nice guy and uh it was it was great to chat giants with him and and not just that but just find out more about him and and his life and his life before getting into the league um but yeah what a guy and what a privilege that was hey 
Yeah, he was a great, great lad, great listen. Um, some of the stuff he, he, the answers he gave was like really interesting. And as you say, you know, it was a fantastic invite, uh, insight into into him as a player and a little little bit into the dressing room as well. He mentioned a few things there. But uh, yeah, no, absolutely fantastic guy. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm sure you guys would agree. I could have probably carried on for another hour, two hours asking him a variety of more questions. Yeah, I mean, our interactions with him on Twitter have been fantastic and he's been nothing but welcoming to to anything that we've asked him um about this interview and to have him on as, as our first ever giants player was special and hopefully he enjoyed himself because as shane said we definitely enjoyed it just sitting there listening to the stories uh, and it just just goes to show you know don't judge a book by its cover uh long snapper might not be the the kind of shouted about position, but the man's interesting and he's, he's, he's got some great stories. He absolutely has. And I mean, yeah, I fully, fully um, agree that I could have sat there and chatted to him for hours, but I mean, it's just, just leaves more to discuss next time he comes on. eh? hundred percent. Yeah, man. And yeah, the, uh, the long snapping lifestyles, uh, championship bow is currently up on Twitter. Um, you've got until midnight Eastern time on Wednesday evening to get your votes in. It's not really voting anymore. It's, it's, it's done on points, but essentially just retweet and comment and like the hell out of the post that's on the long snapping lifestyle Twitter page. Um, f get behind Casey and, uh, and fully support him. And, you know, let's make him the best long snapper in the league. Amen. Um, that is all we've got time for this week, Giants fans. We'll be back next Wednesday at 8.30 um, to look at the roster and look at the state of play we're currently at. We're um, looking at the depth of it and who we've got and the comparison between this year and last year. Um, so join us live on YouTube, Twitter and Facebook as we are now less than a month away from the 2023 draft, as we said. Uh, anything, to ask, anything else to add before we go, guys? So I hope the listeners enjoy uh, enjoy the interview as much as we did. Um, and as always, ensure that you retweet, like, subscribe and uh, comment on our posts. Yeah, apologies. This one isn't live. Uh, we had a, a few scheduling difficulties. This was supposed to go out as a bonus episode, but um, we roll with it. We had to make some quick adjustments. And let's be honest, it was totally worth it because it meant we get to release the Casey interview quicker than we anticipated. So you uh, get to enjoy it. A lot quicker as well you lucky lucky listeners you <laughs> now it's a it's a pleasure talking to casey and uh you know it's just just what what better way to spend a tuesday evening than to sit down and and chat football and any everything else with just a current giants player you know yeah he might be you know he's not just a long snapper remember you know long there's there's much more there's much more to him than just a long snapper um and yeah top guy and uh, hopefully we'll get him back on soon um remember to subscribe to the youtube channel hit that little bell to get the latest updates and notifications follow us on twitter follow us on facebook follow us on instagram just search for big blue uk and ireland or you can follow us individually our handles are beneath our names there dan 8 at 14 w90 wba and twiglets 88 kevis irish man in london give us a follow how say hello um we're also part of the New York Giants fans Facebook, New York Giants fans UK Facebook group. Um, so give them guys a follow as well and get in touch with us via email, bigblueukirl at gmail.com. 
get in touch with us there if you want to say hey. Um, my thanks as ever go to Shane, to Craig, to Kev, who's not here now, but he joined us earlier, and also to Casey for, for joining me, and to you, the listeners, for tuning in. We are signing off until next time.